Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I, of course, am your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the healing properties of Himalayan salt. So this is a crystal that is known and renowned for its cleansing and purification abilities, but how much of this is fact and how much of this is kind of experiential opinion and then there's like a whole other facet how much of this is just some marketing hype so let's talk a little bit about this as you know if you listen to the podcast I always like to start these healing properties episodes with a message from the crystal and here's the message that came through from Himalayan salt release that which is not serving your physical body cleanse your energy field by removing energetic debris that is dulling your light. So that is really kind of a summary of what this crystal is all about energetically. It's about removing this clutter or debris from your psychic field, from your energy body, your aura. It helps assist you in releasing things that are no longer serving you, especially things that are negatively impacting your health, your physical body. It promotes general cleansing and purification. It also enhances feelings of peace and calming. Um, I've found that this crystal works really well to increase feelings of happiness. And it also encourages rest and relaxation. But there's a lot to these crystals and their abilities that is kind of up in the air. So you'll see a lot of wild claims about Himalayan salt and what it can do. Um, And some of these, you know, make a lot of sense. Um, So for example, uh, Himalayan salt is hygroscopic, which means it attracts water. And if you think about water has the ability to trap dust particles, um, fungal spores, things like that. Water kind of attracts things to it. So because the salt is hygroscopic and it attracts water out of the air, it's going to naturally pull some of those little particles of debris out of our environment. However, there are a lot of claims about this whole idea about the positive and negative ion situation. So it's said that when these crystals are heated or warmed, they release negative ions and negative ions are actually good for us because they attract or bond with positive ions in the environment, which are responsible for a lot of the toxins and environmental pollutants that negatively impact our health. But from my research, I haven't found any solid science to really, really back up this claim, um, any you know, very specific research that's been done. I think that it, it makes sense to me, um, but I haven't seen the physical evidence of it anywhere. I, don't, I haven't seen any studies, anything like that. And anytime you're talking about these big major health claims, I mean, Himalayan salt is almost put out there as kind of like a miracle cure in a lot of ways, right? And as we know from working with crystals, there's really no such thing as that. Crystals work with us energetically. They work through our intention. They work with 
our body, mind, spirit in this really holistic way. But there are no miracle crystals out there that just do all the work for us. And I would say Himalayan salt is kind of much the same way. So it's actually found in um, mostly in Pakistan, actually, and it's a fossilized sea salt, meaning that there are a lot of marine deposits in this area from over 250 million years ago. And this crystal is usually hand-mined. Um, it often contains some of the little remnants of ancient sea life, and it's a pink to orange salt. It is sold as an edible salt as well, but when this happens, it has to be really highly refined to remove any impurities um, because sometimes there can be extra minerals in that salt that we wouldn't want to eat. But it's those trace minerals that give the salt its kind of rosy color, and it has this tradition in metaphysical use in, in about the past 20 years or so. Um, all salts really are used for purification, for cleansing ritual, and this goes back kind of thousands of years. But in more modern times, people like to use the Himalayan salt as a bath salt, massage stones for removing impurities from the skin and from the body. Now, it's also thought that these salts are really protective, but there's actually not much tradition of using this salt in the region that it comes from. This is a more modern practice. Um, and actually, in the region that this comes from, in the Himalayas, it's actually the black salt that has a longer tradition for medicinal use. Everything as an ingredient in healing yak butter tea to a component of Ayurvedic medicine, and the pink salt ha doesn't have like a long-standing history of use that way. So some of the metaphysical uses of the Himalayan salt that we look at in more modern times are for general chakra balancing or chakra cleansing, aura cleansing and repair. Um, it's also known to help with anti-aging, at least in the New Age community. Again, I haven't seen any studies to really back that up. And some people even say that it is good for thyroid support. So it's thought that this mineral combines the energies of the sun, the earth, the stars, and the primordial sea because of everything that uh, has gone into its creation. And Himalayan salt lamps, and this comes from my staff at Mimosa Books and Gifts, my new age shop, um, have an ancient form of salt that is supposed to protect against a very modern problem, which is that spread of positive ions in our indoor spaces, in our environment typically due to the proliferation of electronic devices. So mostly this is coming from EMFs, from everything from our cell phone to our computers, our televisions, all of that. And so this is where you see a lot of claims about Himalayan salt lamps being able to counteract the effects of these EMFs. Although again, there hasn't been much research to really back that up to this point. And the research that we have seen kind of says that, yes, it, the salt lamps may do this, but a very, very small amount, meaning that they don't release a large enough number of negative ions to actually make this claim plausible, to actually make a real impact on our health. But what we have found is that the warm color, the natural glow of these lamps is definitely a mood enhancer. So it really helps with that idea of peace and calming um, with that soft, warm glow ranging anywhere from pink to kind of a peachy dark salmon, orange, and some of them are really kind of pale in color, almost white, just like a basic halite. So 
if you take that information um, and really look at it objectively, uh, you can see how this would maybe be that good mood enhancer, enhancing peace, enhancing calming, increasing happiness, but some of these other claims just can't be backed up, at least not yet. Now, we found that this is good for, again, balancing and aligning all of the chakras because energetically, this is still a really great cleanser. It's associated with the zodiac signs of Aquarius, Cancer, Leo, and Scorpio. It connects to the elements of earth and fire, which makes it really powerful and super grounding. Its companion flower is falling stars, and its companion essential oil is the bay laurel. Now, I found a great crystal for working along with Himalayan salt is blue hemimorphite. This stone just, again, brings out that natural quality of peace and calming, and it pairs really well with the Himalayan salt. So that is it for today's show. I would love to know your experience with Himalayan salt. Have you found a big difference when you use your salt lamp or not? Um, And I'm just kind of curious to hear what your opinion is on all of this. I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. And if you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, of course, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. I always, always enjoy reading what you guys have to post about the podcast, and I want to share a review that came from Tiger Lily 403. Um, Tiger Lily says, Ashley has a pleasant, friendly voice that brings forth positive energy while learning valuable and helpful information about crystals. I've learned so much through this podcast and recommend it to anyone who's interested in crystal healing. Listening to her feels as if she's a friend beside you in your journey and helping you along the way. Tiger Lily, thank you so, so much for your really sweet, kind words. I really appreciate it. It's reading those kind of reviews that keep me excited and motivated about recording our new episodes each and every week. So thank you so much for taking the time to share that. And while you're at that link, loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes, be sure to subscribe there as well so you never miss a future episode. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.